0: for us tonight. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, as always, they'll have us on the board for you. Uh, again, it's good to have you in the house of the Lord. Wednesday nights are a little bit difficult to come out, right? Especially when it's cold and you got all this stuff going on in the world and we keep so busy, but it is so good to see you tonight. It's always an honor to be in the house of the Lord during a midweek service. So just uh, looking forward to all God has for us. this message tonight is Salt and Light. Amen. Salt and Light. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 16, Jesus made this statement to the apostles. You are, he said, the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of man. You are, he said, the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, he goes on to say in verse 16, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's pray one more time. Gracious Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord tonight. God, it's just a pleasure to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's just a pleasure to be in your presence, God, fellowshipping one with another and with you. Father, we just um, praise you, God, for this beautiful day. We praise you, God, for your hand of blessing and mercy, grace, God, that you have shown to us this day and throughout this week. Father, we uh, just ask, Lord, that as we continue in our worship here by looking into your word, that you would continue to bless us and grace us, Father, once again with your presence. We pray, Father, that uh, your word, God, would just be strength to our souls and just a blessing to us, God, as we hear it. Help us, Lord, to... Use it to be that salt and to be that light. God, again, that you receive praise and glory and honor, Father. We just ask you again, just keep your hands upon us as we're here. And Father, we'll be sure to praise you and honor you for it. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. 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 I want to talk to the church tonight. Is that all right? Church. Church means those that are saved, not just those that are in the building, okay? Jesus here as he was talking to his apostles in Mar- or Matthew's gospel chapter 5 was speaking to them when we just read this when he was telling them that they are the salt of the earth and he went on to say that you are also the light of the world. I was telling Pastor Keith when we got here today, you know, I think a lot of times we incorporate both these together and we look at them as the same thing, but they're totally different. Amen? He said you're salt and light, not just, not, not, not that it's one big thing, but they're two separate things entities, and that's what we're going to talk about here tonight as he was speaking to the church. Just to set the stage for you just a little bit, we'll read this when we get to Matthew chapter chapter 5, and we'll read 1 through 16, but Jesus here is looking, and he's looking over a multitude of people. The Bible says that Jesus stood there, and he's seen the multitudes. Now, when Jesus tells you that he sees the multitudes, he's not talking about one or two people. He said he saw the multitude. He really meant what he said. The word multitude means more than one, many, amen. There were many people in this valley at the bottom of this mountain as Jesus looked across there and he said he'd seen all the multitude. And Jesus does something here pretty radical, amen. Radical for Jesus. The Bible said when he looked upon and saw the multitude that he went to the top of the mountain. He left them. He just walked away from where they were. He turned and he went on top of the mountain. You don't typically see Jesus do those things, right? You see it a couple times in the Bible where he would see that and he would go to the top of the mountain or he would go across the Sea of Galilee. But here he says he's seen the multitude and he turned and he went to the top of the mountain. And the Bible says that his apostles followed after him and when he had sat down, the Bible says that he began to talk to them. He began to teach them. What I want you to see is what you and I know in Matthew chapter 5 is the Beatitudes. A lot of times we think that you know, we look at ourselves as Christians and say, those Beatitudes are for us. And I would agree with you. But in this particular passage, Jesus was telling the apostles about the multitude. When you read this in Matthew chapter 5, the first 10 verses, he's talking about the multitude. The last four verses, he is talking to his apostles. Amen. So we're going to look at that today. That's why I said that we're going to talk to the church. Just in case you're not aware, we all need to make sure that we're ready to leave this world. Amen. Amen. Make sure that you're ready, not necessarily to die. We should be ready because we're all going to die at some point in time unless the rapture happens. But we also know that the rapture could happen at any moment. Not just death, but the rapture itself. We know that the Bible is fulfilling itself every single day. Pastor Keith and I were talking about that before church. You've heard pastor after pastor after pastor say, Get ready, we're in the last days, right? We've all said that. I've heard that for many, many years. And I've said it myself, and some of you teachers that teach the Word of God have said the same thing. We're all telling people, get ready, get ready. In fact, the church did that from the very moment Jesus left this world. We've been saying, as you see him go, you will see him return. Amen? As the angel said to the apostles. We're going to see that happen. So that's been being said for well over 2,000 years. Right? So we say today, well, what makes it any difference? For 2,000 years, they've been saying it didn't happen happened yet. I will assure you, if you're reading your Bible and you're paying attention to current events, it is very close. Amen? Very close. As it was in the days of Noah, he said, so shall it be in the end. What was happening in the days of Noah? Noah was preaching to people, telling them to get ready. It's going to rain. God's about to do something. And they paid him no attention. Amen? I believe it was about 40 years they didn't pay him any attention out there as he began to build that ark. No attention. Today, we've been preaching the gospel for years and people aren't paying us any attention. Or at least it appears, right? Everything else is happening. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end. The lawlessness that was happening in the days of Noah was just unheard of. Amen? I mean, things were happening that people were like, what in the world is going on? Noah and his family were had to be thinking, this is craziness, right? What are we doing? Same thing's happening today. The Bible says that in the end times, it tells us that men are going to, we're going to be, we're going to be uh, intelligent, or at least wise, in our own minds, and that's what's happening today. We think we're smarter than God, right? We're doing all these crazy. I just seen this week where somebody at Brown University is taking the original coronavirus, and he's, they're taking the 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 the, um, the mortality rate of that. It was very strong. That first virus killed a lot of people. The Omicron virus doesn't kill as many people, but it's more. Potent as far as it being contagious and they're taking the contagiousness of this one and putting it with this one and when you do that now you've got you've got a virus that is more potent and now more contagious and we're like what in the world are you doing that for right there's no reason to do that right if that thing gets out of there you're talking about a mess and it's not just at that university it said it was 14 different places that that type of that type of testing is being done and for what right So it shows us that we are waxing wiser and wiser, at least in our own minds, amen, Amen. as it was in the days of Noah. Also in the days of Noah, homosexuality was rampant. When you go back and read that, and we know that that is something very, very, very prominent in the world we live today, right? And it's the truth. There's no need in, you know, we sit in the church, and when you say those things, half the church goes, I don't believe I said that. (laughs) I didn't. Jesus did. Amen. God said it in his word. Go read it, right? We all know that. All of a sudden, it's taboo. But the reality is he's telling us, as it was in those days, so shall it be today. Amen? So shall it be today. He said, you and I are salt and light. I'm going to get into this message, but if you hear nothing else out of this message today, understand this statement that God laid on my heart. We need to make sure we get our houses in order. Our own houses. Amen. Amen? Pay attention to your own self, if we will govern ourselves, we will become salt and light. Amen? We don't have to worry about being the Christian police. Amen? We don't have to worry about standing at the door saying, you can't come in, you can't come in, you can come in, you got to do this and you got to do that. If we'll get our own lives right, we become salt and light. Amen? Amen? Salt draws, light leads. Amen, somebody? Salt draws and light leads. I'm going to explain that to you here in just a minute. This is why Jesus was saying, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Amen. Because we are to draw and to lead. Amen. But if there is no flavor, you can't draw. And if there is no light, you certainly cannot lead. Amen. So Jesus takes them on top of this mountain and he looks out across there. And we'll pick this up in Matthew chapter 5. But I really want to focus on the church today, and I want you to focus on me as I speak to you what God's laid on my heart. Let's not think about our neighbor. Let's don't think about what's going on else around. Let's don't think about all this other stuff that's going in other people's lives. I want you to look at your own life tonight, amen? We don't do a lot of mirror-looking anymore in the church, amen? We don't want to look in the mirror because Jesus said, if you have not sinned, you cast the first stone, amen? All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have got stuff in our own cupboards, amen, that we got to get straight. Amen. And Jesus was simply letting them know, look, guys, you're supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to be the salt. But he said to them something very important. If it loses its flavor, what good is it? Amen. If you don't have flavor, you ain't got him. Amen. You with me? He is life, the Bible says, and life more abundantly. And we know that that's what salt does. And he begins to tell them. He steps up on this mountain. The apostles walk with him. I'm sure they're thinking, Lord, where are, you, where are you going? The people's here. The multitudes are here. They've come to hear you. They've come to receive from you. Jesus turns and walks away, gets to the top of the mountain. And he does that for a reason. Why? Because he wants them to see, amen, what he sees. He wants them to know what he's about to show them. He wants them to be able to get a good view of what's taking place, okay? So let's look at Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1 through 16 tonight. Matthew 5, 1 through 16. It it sounds like a lot, but it'll go fast, I promise. The Bible says in verse 1, this is again the Beatitudes as we know it, And seeing the multitude, he, meaning Jesus, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Now can you see Jesus? As he's talking to his apostles, and they're listening to him, you can see Jesus pointing his finger and telling, just kind of like, "Look, right, pay attention to what's down there." He said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Amen. He's telling them about the multitudes. He's not telling them about themselves. Amen. We read this sometimes. They look Jesus talking about him. Blessed are you, apostles. No, no, no. He went on top of the mountain. And he began to teach them as the multitudes was below him. And he wanted them to see, blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. Because there he said, going, uh, let me back up here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These people here had sold out everything, right? They were standing here at the foot of this mountain just waiting on Jesus to speak to them. They were seeking Jesus. And does the Bible not say that it's up to us to seek Him. And if we seek Him, we will find Him. Is that right? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? These folks right here, they don't see themselves as high and mighty. All they know is they're coming after me. They see something in me. They want something that I've got. Amen. And He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. These people weren't just after Jesus for what He could do for them. They weren't there just so they could could receive a chicken leg. They weren't there so they could just receive their payment for their house. Although, sure, I'm sure somebody was there. But these folks were seeking Christ, right? They wanted to be around him. They felt something. They saw something. And Jesus is looking at his apostles and saying, Look, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? He goes on to say to them, Blessed are those who, who, who mourn, for they shall be comforted right these people had had these needs he said look there these people are mourning but they shall be comforted how are they going to be comforted you are the salt and the light amen Jesus is teaching them for they shall be comforted he said blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth okay remember he's teaching and the multitudes is below him amen brother Keith and I stood on this mountain and it is an awesome thing to see as you're looking there just overlooking the sea of Galilee below you He goes on to say, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Those folks were hungering for more. Amen. They were hungering for more of Christ. They had walked away from the church of the day, somebody. Amen. They weren't at the synagogue in Jerusalem, which was what? A few hours away from the Sea of Galilee. It's in northern Israel. Jerusalem is in southern Israel. I think it's two or three hours away, Pastor Keith. I think it's about the distance there that we drove from the Sea of Galilee to Jerusalem. These folks, they weren't at the temple. They weren't at the tabernacle. They were at the foot of Jesus, amen? And he says to them, blessed, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. These people are hungry for more, amen? amen. Who's going to feed them? You are the salt and the earth, I mean, and the light. Blessed, he said in verse 7, are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Blessed are they. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Isn't that right? Purely seeking God. He said, blessed are they who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. These people weren't causing issues. They were trying to see Jesus. They were trying to listen, learn, be around him. They didn't want to miss anything, right? For they shall be called the sons of God. These spoke people weren't trying to kill Jesus like some of the religious leaders. They said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Remember, these are Jews. A lot of these are Jews, right? They were persecuted probably more than you and I can imagine because they were following Jesus, who they said was a blasphemer. Amen? But Jesus said, Blessed. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then from there, he gets into these other verses here when he begins to talk to his apostles. He said, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Why? Because he understood they were going to be now teaching, leading. He was about to leave, amen. Jesus was the whole time preparing them to be the church, amen, showing them, look, these are the poor in spirit. They're not poor as the world sees them. They're just poor in spirit. They don't have me. Blessed are they. Amen. And he began to show them these things. And Jesus is simply telling them, look, you're going to be persecuted, right, for what you're doing, for what is going to be taking place in your life. He said, for my name's sake. But he tells them, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What did the prophets before them do? Spoke the word of God. Amen. So then we get into what he says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? So I want you to see that Jesus in the beginning of these beatitudes is talking to his apostles and he's wanting them to see the multitude and to understand what was taking place in the multitude and who this multitude was, setting up for them to to let them see that they were going to be the salt in the earth, amen, and they were going to be the light of the world. This is what they were going to do. And he was trying to prepare them and saying, look. You guys, you know, you guys are that, right? And we know the Bible says, how will they know unless a preacher preach or a teacher teach? Is that right? That's you and I. It's not a metaphor that you and I are salt and light. It's reality. It's reality. So Jesus is simply just teaching them, saying, look. And remember, one particular passage said, look, the fields are ripe for what? Harvest. The fields are ripe for harvest. The fields are rotting because we are refusing to be salt and light. Amen? And Jesus could see it, right? Their focus was they were just sticking right on Jesus, right? And he wanted them to say, look, guys, pay attention to what's happening, right? People are drawn. Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me, right? You remember one particular place there where he tells them when he fed fed the multitudes there, the 5,000 men. He didn't say nothing about the women and children. There was a bunch of people that he fed that day. He tells them to go feed them. Is that right? Why? Again, teaching a lesson. That's what we're here for. That's what the church is for. Be that salt. Be that light. Okay? So he gets into it here with them. And he says, now, you are that, the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, he said, how, how then is, what's it good for? Right? He goes on to tell them if it's lost that flavor, it's good for nothing but to be thrown and trampled under the foot of men. You're the salt of the earth. If it loses its flavor, how then will it be salt? How will it be seasoned? How will what be seasoned? Right? Well, sometimes we think salt, he said the salt is where the flavor's at, but if it loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? If you like me, I used to always think he's talking about, well, salt has lost its flavor, so it has to get its flavor back. That's not what he's talking about. He said, if it loses its flavor, then how will it be seasoned? How will what be seasoned? He said, the earth. Is that not right? You are the salt of the earth. But if we lose our flavor, how will the earth be salted? Amen. If you and I lose our flavor, if you and I lose Christ, how then is the earth going to be flavored? How is it going to be salted, right? Because he tells us to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come. He tells us, right, to go and, 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 and to preach the gospel everywhere that we go, right? He teaches us that. Right? Baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We are the salt of the earth. That's why we're here, is to bring life to somebody. The life that is in Christ Jesus. And if He's in us, then people want to be around that. They're drawn to that. What does salt do? Salt brings, as it says, I said, life to things. It brings it awake. It, brings, it's an, it's, it, it makes things exciting. Salt also causes us to, to be... Uh, addicted to something, right, to crave, you get a little salt in you and what happens? You're going to want more of that same saltiness. Is that not right? That's why potato chips are so great. What an invention, right? They put salt on potato chips that are already naturally sweet because of, because of what they're made out of, right? And, and so what happens is they, that, that salt just keeps making you want to eat them. That salt and that sweet just goes together and you keep eating them. The other thing that salt does is causes you and I to want to do what? Drink something, is that not right? Yeah. amen. It sure does. And he says in there, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So if you and I are the salt of the earth, when we get around somebody, we're a little salty, amen, then they're gonna want to drink of what you and I got, amen. You with me? Right. When you and I get around somebody, it's gonna, they're gonna wanna draw the water that's in you out, amen. amen. You with me? Amen. Come on. You ever seen one of them little slugs? Everybody seen little snails? What do you do? Go get the Morton salt and pour it all over that little dude, don't you? Why do you pour salt on him? It pulls the moisture out of him. Amen? And it causes him to be all just dried up and shriveled. Salt doesn't just bring life, but it draws water. And Jesus said, if you will draw from this well, you will thirst no more. Is that not right? You with me? Can you see why he said, you are the salt of the earth. Amen? The, the church, guys, we have, if we're honest, we have lost our flavor somewhat. Isn't that right? You ever, you, you've been around, and I've been around. When I, Before I was saved, I get around some folks that really I knew were tight with Jesus. Amen? And there was just something about them. You wanted to be around them. You were drawn to them. They had a, a, a magnetism about them. Is that right? You could feel it when you were around them. You could see it, right? They were just pumped up. I'm going to use... Brother Joey, because he's not here that we can pick on him being here, right? Sits right here. Brother Joey, I love to get around him when we start talking about the Lord. And usually he and I are at funerals talking about it, but nonetheless, we're talking about the Lord, man. We and him have been excited before in the middle of a, of a cemetery, and we almost start running, right? And I love to get around him because he's it's genuine, right? It's just a it's just an excitement that comes, that salt, that life, right, is in him. And you can't, it's not a put on, it's just, it's just who he is. Right, God's in him, and so it makes you and I want to be around that. You get a little salty when you're around them. When you get around the sea or the ocean, right? You can get you you get there and you start smelling salt. Next thing you know, you start drinking. Amen. When you're out on that when you're out on that on that ocean, that sand you're sitting there, that sun's beating down, and you done been in the water, you get that taste, that salt taste, right? That's why you take your cooler with you, full of waters, not Budweiser. And you get them things out, man. You just can't quit drinking them. Because you're salty, amen. You taste it in your mouth. I can go down the salt aisle at Publix, and if I'm standing there long enough, I can begin to smell it and I can taste that salt, right? I can taste it. And before you know it, I gotta have something to drink, right? It's what salt does. Salt is intended to, to draw us to drink. That's right. You and I are intended to draw people to Christ through him that is in us amen lead them to you ever heard you can't lead a horse to water? you can lead him to water but you can't make him drink that's true you can lead people to jesus now you can't make them drink but you know they're salty amen they got that taste right and, that, and again i told you, son that's why the bible says taste and see the lord is good you get a little bit of jesus in there and you're going to have to have him to quench it amen nothing else in this world can quench that taste Nothing can quench that flavor of Jesus once it gets in you but Him. Amen? You with me? So he says, if the salt, he's looking at it. Can't you see him looking at the apostles? Guys, if you lose your flavor, what is it good for? What are you good for? Right? If we lose our focus, if we lose our flavor, if we lose our focus on what we're supposed to be doing, if if, if I as Mark lose my focus on Mark... And I'm focused on everything else. If I'm not careful, I'm going to lose my flavor. Right? Because I've got an awful lot to work on. Amen? Jesus is simply saying to me, Son, get it right. There's a lot of people. Look at the multitudes. Can't you imagine the apostles standing up on that mountaintop? And Jesus is pointing at them, Blessed are these that are hungry and thirst for righteousness. Right? And He begins to teach them and show them, Look at all those people. Right? They, they need something. And you're the ones that I'm going to empower to make sure that it's filled. Amen? Through me, you're going to make sure that's going to happen. Can you imagine the overwhelming responsibility, number one? But number two, understanding. I would be standing there thinking, me? Little old me? Right? You mean me? I got my own issues. I'm poor in spirit, right? I'm some of these things that he talks about. But it's warning us, be, be, make, make sure you got your house, and be ready because he wants to use us. Amen? God didn't save us to just have us walk around with Him and just enjoy life and never do anything with the salt that we received. Amen? He gave us a big old bottle of Morton salt. And he intended on us to use it. Amen? He didn't tell us to carry it around with us. And don't drop it. If you do, throw it over your right shoulder, right? Because we're superstitious. He wants us to pour it out. Amen? When He gave you the salt, He said, use it. Amen? Pour it out. The great thing about God is is He'll keep filling it up. Amen? And you'll never lose your flavor. So He says, you're the salt of the earth, guys, but if you lose your flavor, you're no good to me. That's what that statement says. It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. It then becomes just vain words. Right? It just becomes, right, we're just talking to be talking. Right? We're casting salt out there. But it ain't got any flavor, right? That's what I think about that no salt. You can put that stuff on a piece of steak and you might as well just keep it in the jug. It was a waste of time, right? It didn't add any flavor to it. It changed the flavor for crying out loud in my book, right? That stuff's no good. And I agree, it just needs to be thrown on the floor and walk on it. There's nothing else it's good for, right? Same way with us. You let salt get old, throw it away. It has no value right our words become vain and they become there, there's 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 no draw in them there's no there's no there's no saltiness to them right and they just lose that value he said look if you lose your flavor then what good is it what good is what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish then he says so we know that let I me mean, back up we know that salt draws is that right it draws us to drink then he says you are also the light of the world right a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you take that thing. He said, he said they put it, rather, on a lampstand. Uh, you don't do it and put it under a basket, but he said put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all those in the house. If you receive light, if you're in darkness and you light a candle, he said you don't light it to put a, a, a basket over it, because if you light it and put a basket over it, what good is it? You still can't see, Right? So he says, you put it in the room, right, so that we can see where we're going. But the other thing about a candlestick is you can pick it up and walk with it. Amen? Amen. It's movable. You can take it with you everywhere you go. Look, when you get saved, the light don't just stay with you when you're in church. And when you leave, it checks out. Right? Nobody cuts the light off. It's like Todd Baudet at Motel 6. we leave the light on. Amen? <laughs> Jesus said, if you get saved, we'll leave the light on. Amen? You can... Carry it with you. It, you don't just shut it off when you leave church. Right? He said, If you are light, don't, don't receive light and then put a bushel over it or a basket over it. Let it shine. Amen. He goes on to say, So let your, your light shine before men. Amen. He had him on top of a hill. He said, you're the, light, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. He had him on top of the mountain. And he said, when you get that thing, you put it on the top of the mountain and it let, it, let it become a beacon, right? We don't need to be ashamed of who we are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ, right? You're salt and light. Salt draws, light leads, amen? amen? So if you and I have Christ in us, then they're going to be drawn to him, right, because of him that's in us, and then we have the ability then to lead them, Amen? teach them and encourage them but it all starts with what Jesus was teaching them you me he said are the salt and the light it's important for us to understand that right we got to have him in us so we can be salty and we also got to have him in us so we can let that light shine and that's what's important make sure that we have we have trimmed our little candles right we want to trim everybody else's candle you can't trim somebody else's candle if your candle ain't trimmed what did Jesus say about that get the beam out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of your brother's eye right in other words my mama said it this way sweep out from underneath your own rug before you sweep out from underneath somebody else's is that right you I are salt and light Amen. If I focus on being the salt and I focus on being the light, if I'm focused on that, my my wick is going to be trimmed to the point that it ain't going to be some little dim little light of mine. It's going to be a bright shining light on top of a mountain, right? That he gives that illustration. I with Jesus on top of the mountain. Amen. Look at that light, that beacon that's shining that day. The multitudes were below. Amen? They could see the light shining. They could see Jesus as He stood there. Amen? And these are apostles of His, so they should have the light in them. Amen? We are lighthouses. We're not some little lighthouse. We are lighthouses. Our job is to lead. What better way to lead than through your life? Amen? And through my life. Amen? I can't tell you the people that tried to tell me how I was living and what I was doing and where I should be going and all these things. And man, they were letting me have it. Amen? And my thought is, well, how are you living? Amen? You with me? Now, Mama raised me better than to say that unless they really backed me in a corner. I would just say, well, bless you and whatever else, you know, move on. But in my mind, I was thinking, open your mouth, Mark, and say, well, how are you living? Amen? Jesus said, Guys, look at the multitude. When you walk around your job tomorrow, I want you to look. Look at the multitude that God has set in front of you. When you leave here and you go to Walmart, look at the multitude that God has in front of you. Amen? Everywhere that you and I go, look at them. Look at those people. That's the multitude, right, that you and I get around every day. We ain't got to wait for some mountaintop and Jesus to pull a bunch of people out there. We're around multitudes daily. Amen. God puts them in front of us. And if you're like me, we're praying sometimes, Lord, use me. Put me somewhere where there's a lot of people I can help. Pray that every day. And every day I'm around a lot of people. And God's got to be thinking, son, pay attention. I am. This is what Jesus was doing. Right? He was saying, guys, are you paying attention to what's happening? Look at these people that are here. They weren't there for the popcorn in the movie. These people left their home. Get, can you get that picture? They are now following Jesus where he was going. He stopped, turned around, looks, and multitudes are around him. They left their families. They left their careers. They left their, the religion that they were following at the time. They left all these things for what? Because they saw salt and light and they were following him. Amen? This is the light of the world. Amen? And they were following him. And Jesus is saying, hey. <laughs> Can't you imagine Jesus thinking back when he called them? He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Right? And Jesus has got to be looking at there saying, look, look, look at all these fish. Look at them. Cast your net. And it would, I would be sitting there and it had to be some type of utopia. Right? As Jesus was talking to him." And Peter's mind had to go back to that night where, where he was toiling all night, hadn't caught anything. And Jesus said, go on out in the deep a little bit further, right? And Peter's thinking, look, I'm, a, I'm an experienced fisherman. I've been fishing all night. What do you mean? You're a carpenter for crying out loud. I've been fishing, cleaning my nets. We're ready to go home. And Jesus said, go on out a little bit further. And when they got out there, he said, now cast it on this side, right? Now they probably cast it on that side. And they were probably thinking, we know where the fish are at this time of night. They're not on that side. They're on this side, right? You know they were thinking it, and Jesus threw throw it over there. And they did. And you know the rest of the story. So don't you know Peter had to be sitting up there going? It had to take his mind back as Jesus turned him around and said, look. Look at the multitude. He said, son, I had you out there, and you had to call another boat over to help you because the nets were breaking and they were falling apart because of the weight of all these fish right we're out here fighting over one or two people from church to church and jesus is simply saying what are you doing then one or two fish is jumping out of your boat going into somebody else's boat that's not what you're here for amen you're here look at the multitudes out there amen they need salt and light they need fishermen and fisherwomen amen (laughs) is that not right that's what he was saying to them. Amen. Look at them, guys. Matthew, are you paying attention, son? The blessed are the meek, right? For they shall inherit the earth. Uh, Peter, are you paying attention? Son, look, the, the poor in spirit, they're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Are you, are you, you can see him saying, John, John, beloved, son, listen to me. Look at them out there, right? Blessed are they, John, they're hungry and they're thirsting. What are you going to do about it? Amen. I think God's saying to the church today, and I know he's saying it to me in the Gethsemane, there are people that are thirsting and hungering for God. What are we going to do about it? We're going to sit back and talk about how bad they are. We're going to sit back and talk about how, how ugly that is or talk about all... No, 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 no. Jesus said, lift me up. Man, sprinkle a little salt out there. Amen. Sprinkle it out there on what they're eating a little bit. They're eating the wrong food. Amen. Sprinkle some stuff. Let them get a little close to me. And then you know what? When I draw them, when I get them up here, let that beacon shine. Amen. You with me? The salt is the draw. And when you get them here, let it shine. Amen. Just let it shine. Let what shine? Jesus. Amen. We ain't got to put on some show. Right? Just let them see Jesus. They're not here to see me and you no way. They don't care what you and I think. Amen. My first part of my ministry, I was so worried about what people thought about me. I worried about what this one thought and that one thought. I worried about what people in the community thought. And there's still a little that in my mind today, right? There's a little bit of that's not bad, right? We need to try to make sure that we're, try- we're, we're upstanding citizens. But the reality is they're not here to see Mark. They don't come to this church to see me. They don't come to this church to see you and I. They come to see Jesus. Amen. They may tell you they're coming just to see you. Or they may tell you they're coming so you'll quit pestering them. Right? That's all right. You're you're sprinkling salt. Amen? Amen? Amen. You're sprinkling salt. But when they get here, is my little light clean? Amen? Have you ever seen fuel burn that has trash in it? Oh, boy. Y'all ain't listening to me. This feels like a Sunday morning to me. Amen? Amen? Have you ever seen fuel burn that had moisture in it or trash in it? It it, it doesn't do the same. It's not as bright. It pops and crackles. It skips and pops. All these things. Right? It's not pure. And I'm afraid what's happening is we got our little lanterns out, and we're trying to shine a light, and we don't have enough light in us to see where we're going, much less to lead somebody else. The church is literally the blind leading the blind. Amen. Have mercy, God. And it, what's happening is we're more concerned about, Ryan, you need to get your light lit better, son. you, you, you got to trim that thing, you know. Or, or Brother David, you need to get your, your, your lamp trimmed. You, you need to get some better oil in there, right? We're, we're worried about those things. All the while, I'm running out of oil. All the while, my little old, my little, old candle wick has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Amen. But I'm going to make sure yours are shining right. You with me? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Jesus said, you guys are the salt and the light. Don't lose your flavor. Don't lose your flavor and make sure your wicks are trimmed. Amen. He told Hezekiah through the prophet, what? Get your house in order. Right? Right? And we all see that and go, yeah, he told him then he's going to drop dead. He better get it ready. Right? And we always preach that. Right? That's it. Preacher, preach to him. Y'all better get your house in order. You a need bunch of sinners. If you don't get your house in order, you're going to drop dead right there. Incinerate in the house of God. Ain't that right? Ain't that the way we see it? Now, he was saying that to Hezekiah. But what else do you think he was saying? Huh? He didn't say to Hezekiah, now you go tell everybody else, get your house in order. He didn't say, Hezekiah, now I want you to go tell your wife, she better get her house in order. He didn't say, Hezekiah, I want you to go tell your sons, get their house in order. Did he, Brother Clay? My Bible didn't read that. He didn't say, Hezekiah, you need to make sure you get over there to your neighbor and tell him to get the house in order. He said, you get your house in order. Is that right? And because Hezekiah listened, he extended his life 15 years. He said, son, you need to be resalted, salted right? Now look, if I eat popcorn or peanuts, I want them salted. I don't want them lightly salted. Although I eat lightly salted peanuts because salted peanuts my wife says I should with my blood pressure, it don't taste the same. Amen? Amen? Right? He, he was saying to Hezekiah, you need, to, you need a little more salt on your life, son. You, your salt's gone, right? Your light has dimmed. You have lost your focus. Hezekiah lost his focus. He took his eyes off of Christ and off the multitudes, which was what he should be worried about, and he put them on everything else. And God had to say, hey, hey, hey. Don't forget about why you're here. Church, if you get, again, nothing else other than the first thing I told you and this. We got to remember that we're salt and light. I've got to make sure that I've got, I'm salty with Christ and that my wick is where it needs to be. And if I'm salty and I'm light right, if that's such a word, <laughs> then... People are going to be drawn to the Spirit of God that's in me and it's going to give me the opportunity to lead them. Amen? Not through my words, but through my actions. Amen? Amen. Amen. You with me? Can you see the multitudes of people every day? As it was in the days of Noah. You know how many people got on the boat with Noah? Seven. Noah... And his wife made two. Him, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives were the other six. Eight people. The number eight represents regeneration. Remember, God said, you're going to replenish the earth. But he was teaching us about salvation. Amen? When there's people that are salty, and there are people who have their wicks trimmed, and they're leading by example, these people went out and did what God said. They were about the father's business, doing his work, right? When we do that, right, salt and light flourish. And people then can be drawn. Those people were drawn to Noah. So up to them whether they accepted it or not. Amen? But don't you know that there were people day by day that stopped by and said, Hey, Noah, have you lost your mind? What are you doing? They were intrigued. Right? We seem to think that Noah and his family were building this ark and everybody paid them no attention. Right? All that time they were building that ark and everybody just went by and nobody ever stopped and said, Hey, Noah, what you doing? Nobody ever talked to Noah or his family about it, right? Come on now. I gotta believe it was a daily thing. There were people stopping by all the time just to see what was happening, to see how far they had gotten yet, to see if Noah, if Noah still believed it was going to rain. Amen. Asking Noah what, what is rain? You're telling me it's going to rain. You're building this contraption, right, that it's going to rain. What is rain, right? Why were they doing that? Because they were just nosy, maybe. But I think it was because they were salty, amen, and people were drawn to what was happening, right? God was drawing them. Why was he doing that? Because he wanted them people to be saved, right? He wanted them to get on the boat too. For some reason, we think that God built that big old ark out there for nobody but Noah and his family, Right? Nobody else could get on there. I don't believe that. That's not the God you and I serve. Amen? He had the door open on the thing until the day that it started raining, which tells me that his door is always open. Amen? It's open to anybody that will walk through it. Right? So Noah was being salty and being light, and people were drawn. Guys, if you and I will just be salty and light, if we'll get this house and hoarder, I can assure you, people's going to come. They're going to come. Now, we may not like them. We may not like the way they look. We may not like the way they smell. We may not love the lifestyle that they're living. We don't have to compromise the word. God says don't compromise it. Amen. Amen. But he he leaves the door open. He tells the church, leave the door open. Take them all in. Take everybody in that comes through that door. Be salt and light. All draw, you lead. Amen. That's it. God will do the rest. <laughs> this must be Greek. Right? I don't know. You guys look at me like I've got three heads. It's quiet. I'm going to go back and listen to it because I must have confused you guys. But can you see what I'm saying? Can't you see Jesus telling them, guys, look, pay attention. The fields are ripe with harvest. They're ripe with harvest. I want to pray with you here tonight, and I don't need where to go here. This is a message that I've been God's laid on my heart last week, actually. And I've been playing around with it and not sure where I was supposed to go. I still don't know that I really know where I was supposed to go, but sure felt right. And gosh, y'all know. I don't have to tell you, there's an awful lot of churches out there today, and there's an awful lot we do to draw people, right? But I don't know that we're we're full of salt, right? I, I think we're full of, our bank accounts are full, so we're able to spend money on things that we think draws people. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about trying to make the house of God look as nice as it can look and trying to... Set the mood as nice as you can with lights and music and all these things. But I got to believe with everything in me that in the Old Testament, New Testament alike, they didn't have all those things. They had Jesus, right? They had God, they had His presence. And I found in here that if we just lift Him up, it's the best thing we got going. How do you fill your church? Get your house in order. My house, your house. Let's focus on our house. If we get our house in order, guess what? He'll come. Right? Remember the movie Field of Dreams? If you build it, they will come. If you and I get our house in order, if we build the temple the way He teaches us to build it, He said, my presence will be there. So He told Moses. Build it just like I tell you, son. He said that same thing to Solomon. Build it like I teach you, exactly like I say do it, and my presence will be there. So if you and I get this temple in order, guess what? His presence will be there. Is that right? So if his presence is there, he said, I'm going to draw him. Right? Why? Because this place is full of salt. It's like mama's cornbread, at least my mama's. It wasn't good cornbread unless it sucked 75% of the moisture out of your body when you put it in your mouth. Is that right? You stick that thing up, I ain't talking about muffin mix stuff. now. I'm talking about cornbread. You, you stick that thing in your mouth and you got to drink something because you're going to choke to death if you try to swallow it because it soaks all the moisture up. Imagine if this church, if all of us focused on our homes, our houses, tabernacle. <clears throat> we got everything in order ourselves. Then his presence is going to sit there. And if his presence is in that, in that clean tabernacle, imagine the saltiness that would be in the room. Is that right? I mean, people would spiritually walk in. And their mouth would start drooling, spiritually speaking. There would be so much salt in here that it would would just begin to cause them to, I got to have something to drink. Amen? you with me? Uh, There's such a saltiness in here. Brother Keith, can you you show me where the water's at? Oh, hallelujah. Amen? Can somebody help me? You with me? If the church will get its flavor back, People are going to come and they're going to say, can you, can you give me something to drink? Can you show me where the water is? Amen. Can you show me where the well is? Amen. And then you and I can let our light shine, right? Then we can say, oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Come on up. Let me show you, right? It's dark. I can't see Oh, Just follow the light. Amen. You just come with me, right? And when you and I walk toward Christ, they can see now, amen? They were once in darkness, but praise God, now they see. Why? Because there's light in us. And the throne room of God is now open, amen? We walk in with that light and the throne room now appears to them. And what they used to could not see, now they can, amen? And they can see where the foot of Christ is. And they can go and sit there, and now they can talk to Him. Golly, are y'all listening? Can't you see Jesus telling them? It's the same thing, right? It's what Jesus was saying to them. Be salty, and then be light. I'm going to draw them in there, and then you grab them and show them to my Father's throne. Amen? I love that, that song. This is my Father's house. Amen? Isn't that right? This is my Father's house. We can leave all that stuff behind. Just leave that junk back there. Don't worry about it. Leave it back there. Follow me. Just walk in the light. Amen? Walk in the light. I'm going to lead you to my Father. Golly. Jeez. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be unto the Lamb of God. Glory to your name, Jesus. Oh, we praise you in this place. Oh, we praise you. Oh, you truly are that that Shekinah glory, God. Glory of our Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, please help us to be salty, God. Help us, Lord, to be so salty, Lord, that men are drawn to you, God. Oh, Father. And Lord, then help us, Lord, to show them where to drink. Help us to lead them to that well, Lord. Help us, Lord. God, as that woman, as she found herself to that well that day, she was thirsty, Lord. She truly was thirsty. And she got there that day, and she ran right into the light of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you for wells that never run dry. Oh, God. Thank you for the oil of the Holy Ghost that never, never runs dry. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, my soon returning King. Lord, help us. Help us to turn and see the multitude. Help us, Lord, to have your heart, Lord, as you looked out there that day. I have to know that your heart was heavy. Your heart was overjoyed. Your heart was, there were so many emotions as you looked at the people that were thronging to you. And you turned to your apostles and said, Feed them feed them oh hallelujah give them the drink god help us to turn and see the multitudes and help us lord to feed them help us lord to 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 give them that drink lord that they'll never thirst again my god Hmm. oh god let it be done in the name of jesus christ Help us to consider, Lord, your words tonight as we leave this place. Help us to know, God, that the time is drawing nigh. It's about to rain. It's about to rain. God, as your prophet said, I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. Out in the distance, God, not near as far as it once was, there's a sound of abundance of rain. It won't be long. Father, I pray that we're all ready. That when the door closes, we'll be found in safety with You. And not just us, God, but so many more that we're around every day, God, that we take as many as we can. Oh, God, grant it in the name of Jesus, I pray. Father, search the hearts and the reins, God, of every hidden place, Every hidden chamber in our lives, search it today, God. Help us, Lord, to be sure that our houses are ready to, to receive the salt, that we're able to restore that salt, God. And God, that we're able, Lord, to house your great light. That many will be saved, many will be blessed. For your glory and your honor, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. church tonight as our worship team leads us into worship i don't know i feel like maybe we